Hi everybody, my name is Landon Ernest. Thanks for listening to episode 147 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B. Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Oh, dear Heavenly Lord, we thank you, Father, for once again giving us this opportunity, Father, to uh, come together, Lord, via, uh, or virtually, I should say. And Lord, uh, what, a, what a blessing, Lord, to be able to do this in such a way, Lord. Um, it's a blessing to have my brother with me every time we get together to do a podcast, Lord. We continue to pray, Father, that the subject matter that we go through, Father, that we discuss, Father, that uh, ultimately honors you, Father. And not only that, Father, that it brings light, Father, to those that listen, Father, that uh, we can uh, provide uh, correct information, Lord. We can uh, give uh, uh, wisdom and, and discernment, Father, uh, through your word, Father, and that uh, people can uh, uh, start thinking more, Lord, and, and start looking at these things through the light of Scripture, Lord. And thank you for my brother, Father. I praise and thank you for um, him being in his new uh, home, uh, not only a new home, but his new town and uh, new state, Lord. I pray they continue to bless them there, Lord, and that they continue to do um, just uh, all things for your glory, Lord. Thank you for what you do. Father, again, bless us during this time. Thank you for allowing us to do this. And I pray, Lord, that uh, everything that we do blesses your name, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, hey, greetings from America, brother. <laughs> I, I, I know. I mean, it's like you left California and now you're, I mean, you look country, bro. I mean, you ain't country. I'm all red-blooded American now. Yeah, I see that. I see yeah, that. I got my plaid I, shirt on. I know I do the country. Yeah, you, uh, you traded in the Challenger for a truck, right? Or uh, did, are you nuts? <laughs> 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 no, man. Why would I do it in Talladega if I didn't have the Challenger? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Charlotte's got a speedway over here. <laughs> But the truck truck might be in my future. You never know. I'm pretty sure you're tempted to go on that uh, Talladega and run that car, huh? <laughs> yeah. One of my one of my uh, buddies who just retired from the police department. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He was joking about. He says I could have drove that Challenger across the country for you. <laughs> he said you just pay for the gas and the tires. That's I said, I says how many tires are you going to go through? <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> he gave me a list of all the racetracks, and he says, "I don't know how many racetracks are there in the south." <laughs> <laughs> I would be. Uh, we'll need yeah. a brand new set of tires each state. I hit. <laughs> oh my! God. I said, "You break it, you pay for it." Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then a couple other of my retired police buddies jumped in on the conversation. It was hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so 
Yeah, it's been what a week and a half since we did the last podcast. Yeah, approximately. Probably I'm maybe still- closer to two weeks. I think almost um, two weeks. We got kind of busy, folks. Um, we did. We did. I got a little bit sick, uh, but yeah. I got over it. And then uh, a little bit bad cold. And then you were busy. Oh yeah, we we got super yeah. busy with the work yeah. and uh, just different things we were doing here at home and. Uh, one of the kids got sick a little bit and then, um, yeah, brother, we had doctor's appointment we had to go to, we had the school things with Landon. And so, yeah, uh, we, we were pretty busy, you know, church, uh, we're taking a little yeah. more responsibility myself and Joe and helping, uh, with the uh, music ministry at church. So it, yeah. it's doing a lot more scheduling and sending out emails. And so I it's been busy, brother. Too. And work to too. Move, <laughs> I had to move into a house. Yeah, a big semi truck pulled up from the house yesterday. Wow! So move in, but yeah. So we've been busy, but we're back, folks. And we're gonna we're gonna try to do it consistently weekly, uh, Most definitely. as much as possible. So you didn't get arrested today or anything, did you? <sighs> well, the night's still young, so I don't know. I will let you know by tomorrow. <laughs> You know, Steve Bannon was arrested uh, yesterday. Okay. Uh, he, well, turned, he turned himself in. Ah. Contempt of Congress. Contempt of Congress. Wow. A misdemeanor because he didn't show up to testify to the oligarchs in Congress. How about them apples? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering... Could we go arrest Congress for being in contempt of the people? You know what? That that sounds like a great idea. Why not? Why not? We the people just make up subpoenas and send them to Congress and say, you're in contempt of the people. Turn yeah. yourself in. <laughs> I like that idea. That's actually yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. He was arrested on a misdemeanor. It's a, it's a nothing. It, it won't go anywhere. Uh, they don't, they can't, he's, he's, uh, under executive privilege. They mm. can't, they can't fix, you know, they can't overcome that. Yeah. yeah Basically right. he said, you take it. You, he wants him to take it to court. He said, you take it to court. Sure. Sure. You know, he wants him to take it to court, uh, because he wants, he wants to spank them in court. I bet. He said, he said, he said, I'm going on the offense. Mm. So that means. Yeah, he, he is scared. No, no, he's he's ready. He's he voted for bull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's an old uh, vet. You know, he's an old vet. He's he's voted for bull. I like your idea though. Yeah. To uh, yeah. It's a, yeah. Let's 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 arrest. Let's uh, charge him with contempt of the people. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, sweetie. Marie. Okay. All right. All right. So anyway. So yeah, I mean, the news is crazy this week, brother. Or uh-huh. over the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm just going to run down a list of uh, of some uh, news headlines. Okay, and I want to get I want to get your reaction just to these headlines. Okay, here they come. Tucker interviews General Flynn. Breaking whistleblower exposes FBI plot against Americans. Rittenhouse judge tells jury to ignore Joe Biden. <laughs> I, I kid you not. These are real headlines. 
Uh, infighting within the Democrat Party takes a dramatic turn. Mm. Rhetoric, red wave, I'm sorry, historic red wave revealed uh-huh. green jump. 70 plus seats. They're expecting 70 plus seats in the midterms. Wow. Uh, former U.S. Attorney Bill Barr gets into heated argument. Secret operation to move migrants to specific states are, was, was uncovered. Uh, Democrat Texas representative makes switch to Republican Party. Uh, Bannon drops surprise announce on Biden and Pelosi said he's going on offense against them. Uh, audit explodes, ballots, voting machines subpoenaed. And then Cheney was just kicked out of the Republican Party. Wow. What say you, brother? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what can be said of all that, right? (laughs) Does it feel like we're living in a fantasy land or some kind of a twilight zone? You know what? And that's funny because I was going to say a a twilight zone comes to mind. It just, you know, it's twilight zone. Remember I showed the outer limits? Oh, absolutely. That was like a modern version of twilight zone. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? <laughs> Has the world gone mad? No, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, the world's fine. Has politics gone mad? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, oh bet, I, I bet they're coming up with some sort of disorder for, for politics. <laughs> oh, I bet. Some sort of syndrome, right? With politics, post-traumatic or political traumatic stress disorder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear they dropped the charges on Rittenhouse on the the gun charges? Uh, No. So is that they dropped them? Yeah. Oh, okay. The gun charges. The gun gun charges. charges Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one I was thinking they might get him on because I didn't know the law back there. And... uh, Nope, judge says no. Nope. We he checked the law out, and the gun was legal for him to possess. Mm-hmm. And you know, unless that jury is completely wacky, right. I mean, he's got to be acquitted. Oh, I mean, it's a clear it, it, case of self-defense. Yeah, I mean, with the testimony and the evidence, I mean, that the, where you're, I mean, anybody with logical reasoning could just say you're expecting to be cleared of all charges, just the way the trial has gone so far. Yep. If if it doesn't, then you know what what happened. You know, people they're making a decision based upon what people wanted, or or, right. or you know, or the left wanted to push. Yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's. <clears throat> Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, See, now that's an important case because that's really a Second Amendment case. Yes, it is. And, yes, and, it and is. a right, a right to self-defense case. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they could convict him, and I don't think I don't see how they could, but if they did, that's not good because that means that people would not have a right to defend themselves when they are clearly under attack yeah. and their life is clearly in danger. Absolutely. You know, at what point does it get to be ridiculous? But what what were what was um, a certain generation taught when it comes to school? Mm-hmm. If you get into a fight, you're both suspended. Yeah, 
Right. And it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter if you were defending yourself. If you were, even if you were attacked and you just, you know, fought to keep the attacker from beating you up real bad, you know, you just defended yourself from from an attack, you're still guilty under school culture, the government school culture. Right. And you're suspended. Mm-hmm. And what kind of message does that send to the kids? Yeah, absolutely. And so what kind of, you, you, I mean, do you think that's intentional that they want to send that message <laughs> that no, no, you just stand there and let them kill you. Or you just stand there and let them beat the pulp out of you because we don't want you defending yourself because yeah. we don't want, we, you know, we, we want you getting beat up or killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, I mean, it's crazy stuff. Yeah. It, that's basically the message you're sending through. So, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You're right. It, it's uh, even if you got attacked first, you defend yourself, oh, you're suspended too. It's like, what? Right. This is, this is, this is what happens when biblical principles are kicked out of education. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why I keep fussing at Christian parents, you know, Mm-hmm. You got to take care of your kids when it comes to that. You, if they're in public, I don't call them public schools because they're not public. They're government schools. Um, if they were public, the parents would be run it, um, mm-hmm. not not the school board and not right. the government. Right. Uh, and, but the government schools, you've got to counter everything they or a lot of what they teach your kids. I mean, if two plus two still equals four, but when it right. comes to to the ideology and the religion that's taught. And yes, folks, religion is being taught in government schools. Mm-hmm. Yep. The religion of wokeism is being taught and the religion of secular humanism is being taught in, in, the, in the government schools and they are religions, right? right. And they say, Oh no, separation of uh, church and state. Uh, unless it's the religion that we want and we approve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, you've got to really be diligent with that and take over your schools, mm. take over your school boards. And, yeah. and, and they're, they're doing that all over America right now. Yeah, no, they are. It's, it's being pushed all around. Um, I'm always looking at, uh, it's funny at the beginning of the year, uh, right before Landon started fifth grade, I actually sent an email to the, you know, uh, school administration and, and the principal because I, I, I asked them about the uh, the curriculum for the year because I wanted to know what, uh, you know, what was going to be taught this year, what books they were looking at and, you know, uh, and see where they were at with, you know, wokeism and uh, uh, critical race theory and things like that. So um I was able to find it online. They told me a link. So I went and checked it out. And surprisingly, brother, out here in East County, I mean, you lived in East County as well before you moved I from did. California. Yeah. Uh, right. But Santee School District, wow. I, it surprised me that they weren't quite yet there as far as being leaning left to where they're looking at critical race theory, looking at, um, uh, 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 you know, wokeism and stuff like that. Uh, even when it comes to, you know, the, the issue of gender and things like that, they haven't really been pushing it. And I was surprised because, you know, everywhere else it's pushed. San Diego School District was pushing it big time. 
you know, mm-hmm. the Sweetwater School District, they're pushing it big time, you know, and these are obviously right. more more west, southwest of our of our location right. here. But I was surprised. Right. But I'm still at the same time, I'm expecting it at some point because, you know, it's not going to stay like that. <laughs> you know, not because, unless the parents, not unless the parents fight back. Yeah, right. Right. Yep. So, you know, and we've seen we've seen states where parents have gone out and fought, man. They, they, they went and went up to against the board and just drilled the board and uh, they right. try to be silenced. They, they cut off microphones and they were trying to do all kinds of stuff to shut them up. But mm-hmm. they wasn't the parents wasn't taking it. <laughs> they were no, fighting back. And I don't blame them. You know, biblically, it's the parents job to educate the kids, not not a school and not right. teach and not some government uh, entity. Mm-hmm. It's the parents' responsibility, biblically. Right. And the parents are required, biblically, to teach their children according to God's principles. Mm-hmm. Train, up in a child, train up a child the way he should go, and he will not depart from it, right? There's a lot of, if you look at Proverbs, there's a lot of information on how you're supposed to educate your children. And none of it uh, matches up with what's going on in government schools today. Mm-hmm. It's it completely uh, contrary to each other. And so putting your kids into a government school and not monitoring that and not um, doing everything you can to fight all of the indoctrination mm-hmm. and the propaganda that's being yeah. pushed in government schools right now uh, is to not do your job as a Christian parent. Cause I know, I know not every Christian parent can homeschool and not every Christian parent can afford Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I sacrificed uh, a lot. I was, I was living on the edge of poverty, getting my kids through Christian school, brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was a real sacrifice because yeah. I was, you know, you're, you're paying double, you're paying, uh, taxes to the public school, the, the government schools. I'm, I'm not going to say public, the, the government schools, and you're paying tuition for, to the uh, private schools. So you're paying twice, right? That's high for the education, and mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's draining on on the uh, budget, and to, not to mention a lot of schools suffered and had a hard time during 2020 and 2019 because of the COVID, uh, and. Um, you know, we, we know of a Christian school that shut down because of it. They, they couldn't continue to survive financially, you know? Right. And so, you know, sometimes government school is the only option and it's not the, not, it's the worst among all the options, Yeah. but they can survive it. If you train your children with good godly principles, and you're able to give good sound arguments against what they're being taught in the classroom, the kids will listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll listen to the parents and, and they'll come out just fine. There was, there was a survey done or a, actually a study done. And it found that the kids that went to college that um, had a good solid foundation in the home when it comes to their ethics and their morals and their um, religious training and their principle, the principles, godly principles. Okay. Um, when they went into um, 
public colleges or universities, they did far better than the other kids when it comes to um, being able to ward off the propaganda and, and the indoctrination that is so prevalent in those universities, those colleges. And a lot of, and even uh, academics who used to teach at those institutions are complaining about uh, the wokeism and all of that that's in it. Um, I know of uh, an atheist that, um, I can't remember his name, but he, he is just tearing these institutions up, just ripping into them. Because he said they've taken they've taken logic and rhetoric and uh-huh. um, sound thinking, uh, the ability to debate back and forth, uh, and to develop that cognitive skill uh-huh. out of out of the universities and out of the colleges, and it's become indoctrination centers of wokeism. And he uh, he's out he's not teaching anymore because of that. He, he's wow. like. He was upset. He's that upset about it. I mean, he, he's been on the war path against that because even he, even he was tolerant of um, other points of view, even Christian points of view, um, as long as they were, you know, uh, well reasoned out and, and had a good reasoned, uh, logical, a good strong presentation, a good thought process. He, he was tolerant of those things. And he, not only tolerant, but he invited the, the debate. You know, he, he yeah, invited right. the thought process. Uh, he, he wasn't one of these angry atheists that wanted to kill all the Christians, you know. <laughs> but right. and you keep wondering, I keep wondering if he's ever going to become a believer. But, um, but the point is, is that um, you've got to really... Uh, work on the education of kids, make sure they have critical thinking skills. And if you mm-hmm. have to get materials outside of the public school, yeah. and I, I, I recommend Doug Wilson's materials, Canon yeah. Press, because uh, that's what I used in uh, the logic class and the rhetoric class I used to teach at the high school level. Mm-hmm. And it really did, did a great job because those kids came out of there with the ability to really, really think and reason better than, than they had before, mm. you know? Right. And, uh, and so I recommend those materials. If you want to do it at home, it's easy. You, the parents can go through it, learn it. It's really easy to learn. And then to teach to the kids and it's, you know, they go through a workbook and it's very well uh, laid out and explained just basic logic and basic uh, rhetoric. How, how to think and how to how to speak. Yeah, that's good stuff, brother. Um, and uh, I completely agree with you. And, and uh, you know, me being a parent uh, that we sent our, 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 our kids to public school just because, you know, we were both working. We didn't have the, the funds to be able to send them to private school and, you know, uh, not being able to homeschool them. Uh, but at the same time, as believers, you know, you mentioned that we have to be more active than ever. We have to look into what they're being taught and we have to right. prepare ourselves in order for us to be able to teach our children. They look, they teach, this is what they teach in school, but let me teach you what the Bible says. And you have to prepare yourself. You have to study yourself as well. And mm-hmm. you got to prepare yourself because kids are smart. They're going to ask questions. And if you're right. not prepared, you know, when it comes to biblical knowledge, uh, you're going to have a hard time. 
you know, especially if you're sending them to a government school, you know, so we've made it uh, important that we, I want to see curriculums every year. I want to make sure what my son's being taught uh, in between what they read. I'll either tell them, no, he can't read that book. He can't read the book. And this is why, but this is the books I'm going to use. So for his reading to get better, for his understanding to get better. And Praise the Lord. They haven't really, you know, pushed back against that, you know, because I try to be very involved in, in what he's taught. And not only that, I teach him from the word of God. We still do catechism and things like that, you know, that continue to shape his, you know, his understanding of God's word. Uh, but he's going to have this question. He's only, what, fifth grade? He's going on sixth grade next year. And you know, brother, as you go six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12th grade, you know, it becomes more challenging because of all these things that they're going to be facing. You know, you're an educator, right. you know, these things, you know, and, and right. Uh, uh, right. a blessing it is to, to be able to have someone like you, because I can, if I don't have the answer or I have a hard time, I could always seek out, seek you out and ask, Hey brother, help me out. Counseling, yeah. how can I do this? And, and this, yeah. uh, what we're talking about is important. I believe, listen, you know, especially for our listeners, if you are having a hard time, especially with schooling your children and, you know, because they have to go to a government school, then, uh, you know, go to your church as your pastor, the elders, a brother or sister that has knowledge or has gone through this experience because it's important. We're brothers in Christ and, and we need to know where we're struggling. We need to know where we're having a hard time so that we can help each other and encourage each other. If not, what will happen, brother? They reach college and what was that? One of the surveys we, we saw the results where I think it was what 70 percent of college students that, quote unquote, uh, left their faith or renounced their faith. You know, and these were yeah, yeah. Christians yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, kids that, uh, you know, said they were Christians. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's important. Definitely. Right. Yeah, it's very important. And, and another thing is to, to know why you believe what you believe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not not just, oh, I, well, that's the Bible says so. That's not, I mean, <laughs> yeah, true. But, okay, why is it when the Bible says it, why is that true? Right. What makes it true? Right? Why is the Bible such a high authority mm-hmm. and so accurate? You've got to be able to explain that. Yeah. You know, what makes the Bible true? How many Christians can answer that question? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, <clears throat> and so you know, how many can say, well, it has to do with God and God's track record. The fact that God's perfect and holy and righteous and he has a perfect track record. Mm-hmm. You can trust God more. You can trust anybody else. Right. right. But you've got to you've got to go into even more detail than that and, and really explain to the kids why that's true, mm. which requires the parent to do some research and some learning. Yeah. Right. And and to really and to think this out for themselves and to really reason this out for themselves, because these kids are going to come in with very, very difficult questions and the, the parents need to be ready for it. Right. Absolutely. That's some good stuff, my brother. I like that. Uh, yeah. So, folks, be encouraged. Keep your head up. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, prepare yourself. Seek out a lot of information, <laughs> research, <laughs> and study God's words for sure. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Well, brother, uh, let's shift gears for a moment. Okay. And uh, 
I like this article here out of Health Impact News. Mm -hmm. People's lives are being endangered by fact checkers censoring vaccine critics as Facebook fact checkers owns $1.8 billion of stock in vaccine company. I wonder which vaccine company that is. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which one is it, first of all? <laughs> wow. Congressman, Congressman Thomas Massey is concerned that the fact checker company being used by Facebook to squelch any dissent on COVID-19 vaccines owns $1.8 billion in stock in a vaccine company, which also employs a former director of the CDC. Jeez. It's a shame that RT.com had to interview someone who blames all of this on leftists as pro-vaccine views dominate both political parties today. <laughs> and uh, so it's got a video, a short video. Let me see if I can bring this up and get some sound going on. Seems Facebook's independent fact checker may not be so independent after all. A U.S. congressman has questioned the impartiality of factcheck.org, which is supposed to tackle vaccine disinformation because it's indirectly funded by jab manufacturer Johnson & Johnson. Who pays the paychecks of the fact checkers? The vaccine fact checkers at factcheck.org, who claim to be independent, are funded by an organisation that holds over $1.8 billion of stocks in a vaccine company and is run by a former director of the Centers for Disease Control. The fact-checking account responded to the accusations by making clear its funding sources. The Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is one of the benefactors and holds billions in Johnson & Johnson stock. The foundation's CEO is Richard Besser, who was a former acting director of the Centre for Disease Control. But factcheck.org claims there's no interference in its editorial decisions and the foundation's views aren't necessarily reflected in its decisions. But author and liberal studies expert Michael Rechtenwald believes such connections pose risks to the public. This is absolute collusion on the part of uh, vaccine manufacturers having funding the uh, fact checkers on social media. So we're actually getting to the point where people's lives are being endangered. We've lost all confidence in the social media and our mainstream media entirely. Anything that comes into contradiction with the leftist agenda is deemed misinformation. People are now not able to get information about what's best for their health, including the detriments of the vaccine. So there you go, brother. Wow. <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> nope, nope, absolutely nothing. Look away. <laughs> Look away. There's, not, not, there's no conflict of interest here. Not at all. No, yeah. We're all good. Exactly. Keep walking. <laughs> nothing to see here. Keep walking. <laughs> yeah, nothing oh to see. Oh, my gosh. You know, and we have always spoken about it's all about the money. It's like we got to have that. It's all about the money, you know, or, or that uh, our favorite one of our favorite bands uh, song, right? A uh, uh, Pink Floyd. Money. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's about money. Yep, it's, a uh, uh, it's all about how can you make money by any means necessary and whatever's going to make you money. You know, you're going to tell people to look the other way. <laughs> 
basically, you know. Yeah, and it goes the old saying, follow the money. Follow the money. That'll tell you what's going on. That'll tell you motivations a lot of times as to why people are doing certain things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I even read an article recently where there was one particular country down in South America. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one it was. That was uh, basically being bossed around by Pfizer, an entire country. Wow, a, a really? Country's government, yeah. Uh, Pfizer is trying to dictate to them: you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, or there will be consequences. I mean, this is how big and powerful these corporations are, pushing countries around. Right. Oh, yeah. So if I was that country, I'd tell them to go take a flying leap and your vaccine is now, and any, any, all your products are now completely banned in our country. That's how you respond to that. We're banning Mm -hmm. all your products. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, you got to fight fire with fire when it comes to something like that. So, so the uh, Oklahoma National Guard goes rogue. Did you know that, brother? Really? Well, I heard some rumors there about some rogueness going around. (laughs) Yeah, we're not talking about the Nissan Rogue. We're talking about Rogue in the sense of they've gone total rebellion. Rebellious (laughs) Uh, people. (laughs) And this is after the new commander rejects the vaccine mandate. The Mm -hmm. Pentagon says it's going to respond appropriately. (laughs) Wow. Well, let's see. As I recall... The National Guard is not under the Pentagon unless it's during wartime. Yeah. Does this mean we're at war? Exactly. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Right? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe across the pond, the big Pacific pond over there to a place called China. <laughs> Something about that Asian country out there. <laughs> We we can't uh, we can't continue to be nice to China. Yeah, yeah, right. China's <laughs> the problem. I can't do a very good Trump. I'm a horrible Trump. But anyway, they're, they're, they're just they're just you know their, their regiment is evil, evil. They just squandering everywhere. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Well, you so, know what? Now that you mentioned the Coast Guard in, uh, in Oklahoma, right? Uh, and talk about going rogue. The National, it, National Guard. National Guard, right, in Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, I say yeah. that the the, uh, the state of Oklahoma is going to go rogue now. Uh, uh, I was reading uh, earlier today in Oklahoma, judge issuing the temporary restraining order prohibiting health care company from firing employees seeking religious exemptions. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to see more and more of that. Uh, it, the, really, the the uh, uprising is starting because yeah. people are getting people are getting angry because they're, you know why this is starting to happen. They're watching their friends and their relatives and their coworkers going into hospital mm-hmm. and dying after they had two shots after yeah. the vaccine. Right, and the most prominent people dying in the hospitals. I mean, the biggest number are those who have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And there's story after story after story about this. Yeah. And people coming out on TikTok and places like that, and they're talking about it. And even uh, healthcare workers at the risk of losing their jobs are coming out and saying, 
uh, yeah, we're mostly seeing the vaccinated in here, and they're the ones that are in big trouble uh, health, as far as yeah. their health goes. Right. Yeah. It's it's a um, it's an immune deficiency syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. Where they, um, where when you get a, another virus introduced into the body, mm-hmm. because the mRNA has weakened the um, immune system by taking out T cells and things of that nature, right? Uh, body is not able to do its natural immunity to fight off the next virus mm. because mRNA has uh, altered things. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and it gets a lot more technical, but I mean, basically a lot, a lot of these immunologists and, um, these researchers, medical researchers, are coming out and saying, yeah, this was our worst nightmare that mm. this would happen. And they said this is the typical. Every time they've tried to develop a COVID vaccine, this ends up happening. But this one is worse. It's it's worse than the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a you're right. You know, yeah. and anytime um, uh, you know, um, you try to bring up, uh, you know, facts in that regard, as far as, you know, a lot of the people that have been dying, you know, have been the ones that have been vaccinated. It's a, it's either people or people that are, you know, working with the, you know, ph- pharmaceutical companies, they, they try to shut it down. Like, no, it's not true. It's not true. I mean, it's, you can research it online, uh, right. but, but it's right. like, if you even dare to look at or, or, or do some research in regards to those things, I mean, you, you're kind of pushed to the side, almost like you're the evil one. You're the one who's you're not being loving to your neighbor. You know, you're the one because you're not getting vaccinated. You're, you're the one who's there's something wrong with you. You know, you're the what's wrong with this world. So it's an isolation type of thing, you know. And unfortunately, you know, it's gotten to the point where you know you see it in in, in companies too. We had a meeting recently in regards to, you know, the state of as far as our department, what's been going on. And one of the first things somebody brought up was like, well, because they had sent out a survey to the the employees, the agency that I work for. And you responded to this uh, a survey. It was mainly kept anonymous because they just wanted to see what percentage of people actually got vaccinated. Well, people started asking questions during this uh, a meeting in regards to, are we going to know exactly uh, the number of people that are not vaccinated and whom they are? It's like, what kind of question mm-hmm. is that, first of all? <laughs> you know, and instead of, the, you know, the, 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 the heads of the agency going, you know what, no, that's an inappropriate question. You know, there's privacy involved. Well, uh-huh. well uh, no, we might be able to just give general numbers as far as who's vaccinated and unvaccinated. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking just the single, the simple fact that you did not shut shut it down by saying it's privacy. You can't ask anybody right. if they've been vaccinated or not, and display it to everybody mm-hmm. else to see. Uh, but it, it's man, brother, it, it's 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 been a crazy uh, a crazy time with that. But well, uh, you know, Chair, Chairman Xi doesn't like it when you're not vaccinated. You know, I mean, I know, you know, the real the the real ruler of our country right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, he does. And, if you, and folks, if you don't know who that is, that's the uh, premier of China. Yep. That and he's taking more. He's taking more and more power. Uh, I mean, he's right now. He has more power than any other um, president of China. I guess they call him a president. Mm. Uh, 
chairman or whatever. Yeah. So he he has exceeded. Right. So he has exceeded as far as powers go more than any other Chinese president ever. Correct. Even Mao. Even Even Mao. Mao. Really? Wow. Right. Even more powerful than Mao was. And Mao was uh, powerful. He was powerful, but uh, she is, he has really played his game well. Yeah. And he's pretty much, he's pretty much taken over everything. Mm. I mean, he's got titles out out the yin yang when it comes to government. You know, he's he's the head of the army and head of the navy and head of government and head of, I mean, I mean, he owns it all, you know? Yeah, yeah. You gotta give him, gotta give him credit. He's, he's smart. He's a smart political operator. Oh sure, you absolutely. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. Bro. So, uh, we'll give the Vares report, uh, the latest. Uh, okay. And this is remember, this is one percent reporting, maybe mm. less. Okay. Because they really, they've really. Trying to kind of discourage the reporting and stifle that 2,024 deaths from the COVID vaccines. Uh, I guess they've redefined the word vaccine. So, not something, you know, it's not what the old definition used to be. Right. And get this 2,804,900 injuries following COVID shots. In European database of adverse mm. reactions, corporate journal- journalists have uh, uncovered. So that's that's the European one, not not ours. Right. But uh, just think of those numbers, and that it, it, ours is about one percent reporting. I'm sure theirs is low as well. Let's give them ten percent. Okay. That's still millions of people who have died from these vaccines yeah. and millions that have been injured by them. Now, uh, in your, in, in the, uh, behind the iron curtain there, brother, where you mm-hmm. live uh-huh. in the socialist, so, the Soviet socialist state of California, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I was, I was able to make scale my way over the over the iron curtain wall and escape. Uh, I was going to say you escaped, huh? <laughs> you escaped, just, yeah. just ran, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> you made it. Ran. Yeah, dodged the machine guns, you know. Uh, school districts in the Soviet socialist state of California are defying Chairman Newsom's um, edict. To inject their students with Pfizer shots, oh, the, the Pfizer's the worst one, uh, mm-hmm. willing to give up state funding. They're willing to give up state funding to protect those kids from that great evil. Um, wow. And Pfizer, we know, we've been researching Pfizer, brother, you know that. Uh, and it's, it is as corrupt as they come. Oh, yeah. Pfizer's. I mean, the more I dig into Pfizer, the more corrupt and evil they look. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but they're just a pharmaceutical company. They're saving lives with pharmaceuticals. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, so if if a guy goes out and he saves 100 lives, 
but he murders one. Does he still go to trial for murder? <laughs> right, right. This, this is a rhetorical question. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he still gets charged with murder. It doesn't matter how, how many full lives, how many, he could be a paramedic and have saved thousands of lives. But if he commits murder against one, he's guilty of murder and he goes to trial. <laughs> right. You know, and uh, Pfizer's guilty of murder. In my humble opinion. Mm. All right. So parents in New York take to the street to warn ignorant parents injecting their children with Pfizer shots as injuries among five 11-year-olds uh, continue to climb uh, are being reported. So uh, some signs that there are some America who are going to start standing against medical child abuse, is what it is, and attempted murder. How's that for a starting line of an article on the on Pfizer or whatever uh, uh, whatever company it is? Um, interesting stuff. So Pfizer secretly adds dangerous ingredient to injections for five to eleven year olds as Taiwan stops Pfizer shots for 12 year olds. Oh. And what is that uh, dangerous ingredient? We already know about um, the oxide. Was it the, um, help me out, bro. I can't think of the name of it right now. Name of it. But anyway, here, here comes the article. We are creating an entire generation of young people with weak hearts who will either die early if they survive the COVID shots or be dependent on the medical system to treat their weakened hearts for the rest of their lives. Uh, this is a, by Brian uh, Schilhevy. Uh, he's editor of the Health Impact News. The CDC and FDA know this and have even issued warnings about it, but they called these events rare and refuse to stop injecting young people. Health officials in Taiwan have apparently figured this out, as it was just announced that they are halting injecting children ages 12 to 17 with a second Pfizer shot due to concerns about heart damage, and that they are not approving Pfizer shots for children below the age of 12 until this issue is settled. Mm. And so... We'll dig down here and get down to where, see if I can, okay, here's, so the drug called tromethamine mm. uh, that is used in patients with heart attacks, and like all pharmaceutical drugs, has multiple reported adverse side effects, which includes tissue damage, uh, and it's never been used or tested in, in, in use with a vaccine before. Um, it says we have put Mr. Reese's report on our bit shoot and rumble channel. So anyway, some of that. And so the United States rushes in to inject uh, many children between the ages of five to 11 as possible, including in red states and often uh, right in churches mm. and uh, targeting 28 million children in this age group. Uh, Greg, Re Greg Reese of uh, Infowars.com has just published an explosive report 
about a secret ingredient that Pfizer has added to the shots being given to children under the age of 12. And of course, that was uh, tromethamine. And so, you know, it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Uh, Let me get, uh, see what else we got real quick in this front. Uh, 26 firehouses in New York City close as staff refuses COVID-19 vaccines. Garbage piles up in New York City as people quit rather than get the shot. Uh, so you're seeing this more and more. Yeah. Bill Gates admits that mRNA, and I watched the interview, that I watched the whole interview, that where he admits this, he admits that mRNA vaccines don't stop transmission. And he says, we need a new way of doing vaccines. Translation, they're not killing enough people. We need to find a better way of killing them. (laughs) There's the translation. So 12,000 Air Force personnel, including elite pilots, have rejected back order as Tuesday deadline looms. And the same for the Navy. The Navy is looking at a deadline uh, coming up next week, too, I believe. I thought I read that in here somewhere. Anyway, uh, thousands of Navy personnel are looking at being gone. And uh, so... I don't know, but here's one for you, brother. Unless you, you got anything to say on all those, or no, no, nothing to that. It's just I know I just I just machine gunned you with all and, that. And it's, well, it's, but it's you know what the crazy thing of it. I mean, it's it's amazing how every you know everything is just happening. You know, <laughs> it, it, it is incredible, and uh, you know it's, it's it makes you think the, that the. Uh, so-called conspiracy theories are true, huh? You know what? Exactly. A conspiracy, but theory no more. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So here's one. Uh, You'll like this one. Oligarch Jeff Bezos suggests only a few humans will be permitted to live on Earth in dystopian future. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Jeff Bezos. All right. Jeff Bezos. in a discussion event at the Washington National Cathedral held by the Ignatius Forum, globalist oligarch Jeff Bezos appeared to suggest only a limited number of humans will be permitted to live on Earth in the future, an impact that would presumably entail coercing most of, the, of humanity to live in novel space colonies. or even space stations yeah that would be high class living Uh, exactly such an existence would entail risk that humans living on earth wouldn't have to deal with is this a hint at climate change brother Mm -hmm. Uh, this earth can support let's say 10 billion people to a certain degree. Well, how do you know, oligarch Jeff Bezos? Are you God? <laughs> exactly. I think they think they are. Absolutely. Um, you know, but uh, God knows what the planet can handle, and he's not going to let more than that 
beyond the planet, right? Right. Uh, we'd have to work really hard to figure out how to do that without degrading the planet. The solar system can support a trillion people. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. that atmosphere on Mars is just perfect, right? Right. How about Saturn, that gaseous planet? We'll just go land on a bunch of gas or a gaseous planet live there (laughs) (laughs) or jupiter how about that one and if you really like the cold weather pluto's available (laughs) (laughs) but if you like more of the tropics i suggest mercury for that one oh man that is (laughs) yeah yeah right jeff yeah Uh uh (laughs) uh-huh what happened to these people They've lost their freaking minds. Uh, millions of people will move from Earth to space over time. He's watched too much uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. And not, not, not picking on those. I love Star Trek. But uh, and my, my son loves Star Wars. So, uh, And that's the vision of Blue Origin. Millions of people working in space. Wow. Yeah. We'll see how that one works out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe that's why they keep shooting rockets up and trying to put people out in orbit. Who knows? That is great uh, stuff. So great that was Jeff Bezos. Jeff his, Bezos. Yeah. So what to say you, brother? He's crazy. That's what I say. <laughs> He's nuts. <laughs> uh, but you know what? It's we we've always mentioned uh, uh, globalism, right? Right. He's yep. he's cut yep. from the same cloth. He's he's a globalist. He's one of these that sure. is you know looking into that way of life, and what yep. you know how do, how do you do it? Well, you got to reduce population. There's ways of doing it, and because they have all this money, you know they feel entitled like they can do these things and separate from everyone else or be able to get be a, be uh, be able to get rid of people, right? Right. So. Ah, it's crazy. <laughs> so a scientific study um, says that COVID spike protein dramatically impairs cell DNA damage repair. Ah. Let's take a look at this study. Oh, I got a video, I do believe. Is this right? Yeah. It is seven minutes long. I'll read the part of it. Well, maybe I'll... Ooh, that's like really small print and... No, we'll, we'll do part of the video. Sounds good. Uh, but let's geek out a little bit. Let's go into some some deep science here. There's a study out of Sweden that uh, I think everyone it really should take a look at. Really important. It's, card, it's uh, titled SARS-CoV-2 Spike Impairs DNA Damage Repair and Inhibits VDJ Recombination in Vitro. Now, we're going to break this down a little bit, make it easy to understand. So what these researchers, uh, th- what they write is they say here, by using an in vitro cell line, remember that's in a controlled environment, such as in the lab, like a petri dish or a test tube, we report that the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein significantly inhibits DNA damage repair. Mechanistically, we found that the spike protein localizes in the nucleus and inhibits DNA damage repair by impeding key DNA repair protein BRCA1 and 53BP1 recruitment to the damage site. So a lot going on there, but one of the main takeaways we should really hear uh, when reading that is 
it's it's concentrating in the nucleus. The nucleus of the cell is the main control center. It's the VIP section. It's the brain right. of the cell. Nothing should be getting in there like a spike protein. And even at the beginning, when these vaccines were getting rolled out, these mRNA vaccines, we were told the vaccines do not enter the nucleus. We were told they do not alter the DNA. So right. this study appears to fly in the face of those statements. And again, these are just the basic start of the study. But, you know, we're talking about you know, the vaccines already rolled out. So why weren't the, why weren't these basic things done? So now let's continue. Here's a, here's an image from the study, and this is the intracellular uh, what they found intracellularly. So you have these NSPs, non-structural proteins, across the top. One, five, nine, thirteen, fourteen, sixteen, and then there's the spike protein. That's that's what's being found in the nucleus. So there's wow. a visual representation of that. And those those uh, three things on the left, those are just uh, dyes and stains that they use to dip, to identify it. But now the researchers go on to say uh, they go on to quote in this study. Uh, so just real quick, uh, the, the picture showed. Um Blue blobs and green blobs. Okay, basically what you were looking at, and then that's the dye he was talking about that brings brings the the uh, spike proteins out and uh, versus the other other uh, cells and so forth. And uh, there was a significant number of both blue and green. Mm. So just let you know. Okay. So here we go. They say, our findings reveal a potential molecular mechanism by which the spike protein might impede adaptive immunity and underscore the potential side effects of full-length spike-based vaccines. Now, here's where it gets into the science, and this is really important to understand. They go on to say, NHEJ um, and homologous recombination, HR, those are the two acronyms we really want to pay attention to here, repair, are two major DNA repair pathways that not only continuously monitor and ensure genome integrity, but are also vital for adaptive immune cell function. So let's look at those two acronyms a little bit. I pulled this study uh, on those uh, those uh, recombination um, mechanisms in human cells, and it says here, uh, the, looking at all the literature, the scientists say, we conclude that in proliferating cells, NHEJ repairs 75% of DSBs, that's double strand breaks, while HR repairs the remaining 25%. So, so this, together, is some, you this is some important stuff. So if you are injecting a vaccine where the side effect is blocking this action, which is what's repairing your DNA on a constant basis, you could be in real trouble. That's right. And the, the DSBs, the double strand DNA breaks of all the different classes of DNA damage is arguably the most significant because if they're, if these don't get repaired or if they're repaired incorrectly or slowly, we're talking cell death, we're talking the early steps of cancer formation. So now let's look. The researchers, what they did is they created various DNA damage and uh, treatments on these cells, and they found that there's less repairs in the presence of the spike protein in the nucleus. So check out this graph right here. We'll break this down. So we have the two repair mechanisms across the left side. That's the Y column. You have NHEJ efficiency, that's percentage, and then the HR efficiency on the right side, that's percentage. If you go across, you see the spike protein there on both of them. It's not, that bar is not rising very high. And at the top left on these on these columns, it's 100%. So it's coming in somewhere around negative um, 80-something percent. So it's inhibiting this, this repair mechanism by about 80% in both wow. of those repair mechanisms. Uh, and 
let's go further into this study. So it says here, the researchers say to determine how the spike protein inhibits both NHEJ and HR repair pathways, we analyzed the recruitment of BRAC1 and 53BP1, uh, which are the key checkpoint proteins for HR and NHEJ. EJ repair, respectively. We found that the spike protein markedly inhibited both BRCA1 and 5,3-BP1 foci formation. Now, those two, um, those two genes, BRCA1, for women who inherit that mutation or it's like an abnormal change in that gene or the BRCA2 from their mothers and fathers, they have a much higher lifetime risk of developing breast cancer, like over wow. 70% compared to like 10 to 20% uh, without that. The other one, 53BP1, I'll let this study speak for itself. This is, uh, I found this study a key player of DNA damage response with critical functions in cancer. 53BP1, it's called, I was told it's called the guardian of the genome. And it says wow. here in the report, it has been extensively demonstrated that aberrant expression of 53BP1 contributes to tumor occurrence and development. 53BP1 loss of function in tumor tissues is also related to tumor progression and poor prognosis in human malignancies. We're talking some pretty big deals here. And why, obviously, why is this important? Well, were the vaccines uh, tested for this? Let's look at the insert themselves. Now, I pulled one insert for uh, Pfizer's uh, Cominardi vaccine, but J&J and and uh, Moderna say the same thing. This is under carcinogenesis, mutagenesis, and impairment of fertility, 13.1. Cominardi has not been evaluated for the potential to cause carcinogenicity, genotoxicity, that's damaging of genetic information within the cell, causing mutations we just talked about, or impairment of male fertility. And then it goes on to say, we tested some rats for female fertility. All good. Let's roll this thing out, pregnant women. Wow. But that's another story for another day. You know, so, we have a graph that the team found. Let me just play that really, an animation, I mean, um, to play. So let's just sort of take people through this so they get a sense of what we're talking about. You have your DNA strands there. Uh, they're in the center. You can have a single strand break. Obviously, that's a problem. Or what we've also heard about is the double strand break in the DNA. That has to be repaired. The protein we're talking about, the BP protein, one of them is that orange that comes in and tells the DNA, stop reproducing yourself, tries to mend it, and there it brings in the BRCA protein to help. And they work together in a very complex mechanism to knit your DNA back together so that it doesn't start, you know, recreating an error throughout your entire body. I mean, Jeffrey, this is such a huge discovery. I wonder when people are watching it. They're just words, right? They're just these letters. We can just go, wow, that's just some brainy stuff. But this is that brainy stuff that you see in a science fiction movie that goes really by fast. And the part you remember is the scientist that's screaming into the television, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. You know, this, you know, I, I, every time we're looking at science like this, I think, wait a minute. It was just four weeks ago we found out that the vaccine is shutting off your toll-like receptors. So for people that that's happening to, they may have no working immune system. We turned off, you know, the watchman of your immune system. Okay, that's the end of the video. Mm -hmm. So you get the gist of what he was saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, all I can say, we knew there was something not right about the vaccine. And I mean, as time is going with all these studies being done and all the research and it's more evident that, you know, that there's a lot of things in there that are damaging people's systems, you know, damaging their, their, their health. Yeah. Not to mention the, 
immune deficiency enhancement, which earlier, yeah, which, which, you know, and, and, they, and the virologists and uh, immunologists were really concerned about that with these, with these mRNA shots mm-hmm. uh, when it came to this season right now, when, the, you know, we're hit, hitting cold and flu season. Right. And, uh, they were really concerned that uh, the immune deficiency uh, enhancement was really going to hit hard where the body literally turns against itself because it's trying to kick the, what it's trying to do is trying to kick out the synthetic RNA mm-hmm. because, because it's going, this, 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 this thing is not this foreign. It's like, it's like a foreigner. It's like, it's like the border invasion on the South border of America. Right. Right. Yeah, this is what's happening in the body. And, and, uh, and so trying to kick it out and, and then in the process, uh, and this is very simple for what's very complicated. Um, and it may not be completely accurate as far as all the details, but uh, the body basically ends up attacking itself because it's attacking its own system mm. because the, the, the mRNA is, is attaching itself to the, to the body's immune system. Right. And so the immune system has to attack itself. And it and it, that's what depletes the immune system from being able to fight off the next flu or code or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And this was their great concern. And this now they're saying come out and saying, yeah, our worst nightmare is being realized. This is what is happening. Now, you folks, you're not going to find this on the mainstream media because they're owned by China. Right. And Pfizer. Pfizer and China. Right. Right. Uh, Neither on Facebook or YouTube or in Twitter or any of the platforms that kick people off for talking about this stuff, because it's, it's not about truth. It's about obeying their overlords. Right, right. Uh, bowing down to the Chinese communist uh, overlords, and bowing down to the big pharma, the big Pfizer and big Johnson Johnson. Whatever, right? Pfizer's really the biggest one. Uh, they're dominant uh, yeah. because you know they they got the money, right? And the one with the money has the most power and talks. That's right. right? That's right. So you want. You want to get anything out of the Epoch Times? Sure, why not? Give us some uh, some brief uh, articles that way people can see what's uh, couple, what's been going on. Couple of things here. Um, I found the one about the sailor Navy. Uh, and this is Navy sailors denied vaccine mandate exemptions have five days to get a shot, and I understand it's a significant number of them. Let me click on here. So, uh, for those that I'm former Navy, as you know, so this kind of hits close to home. U.S. sailors who have uh, their attempt to secure, uh, yeah, that's how it's written. U.S. sailors who have their attempt to secure an exemption to the military's COVID 19 vaccine mandate rejected have uh, five days to get a jab, according hmm. to updated uh, guidance released Monday. A clear violation of Nuremberg Code, by the way. If they do not, commanders will begin processing them for discharge, the Navy said. The mandate deadline is November 28th for active duty sailors, and reserves have until December 28th. Oh, they give them a full month uh, to become uh, fully vaccinated against the 
virus that causes COVID-19. They're going to deplete the Navy. Yeah. Uh, fully vaccinated refers to both getting a full vaccination regimen and at least two weeks elapsing after the final shot. Quote, in order to ensure a fully vaccinated force, it is U.S. Navy policy to separate all Navy service members who refused the unlawful order to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. And that was Vice Admiral John Noel Jr., mm-hmm. the Chief of Naval Personnel. Uh, he told the commanders in a message dated November the 15th. So I'm ashamed of the Navy leadership, the the, uh, the chief of naval personnel and uh, so forth, for yeah. pushing this mandate because it's illegal, it's unconstitutional, it's abusive, it, it's it's crimes against humanity, and uh, these top brass that. Uh, top brass, referring to the top echelon uh, ranked officers in the Navy, uh, need to be tried and uh, brought to, to justice under Nuremberg-style trials for this. Because they're pushing a clinical trial onto these sailors. Now, mm. granted, it is the military. And they own your rear. <laughs> Remember, consider that, folks, before you sign up. Understand, when you sign on the dotted line, they own your rear. You become literally become government property under Article 15 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And they can pretty much do what they want with you. Hmm. But in my personal opinion, they need to come, they need to go uh, and be charged, you know, uh, Nuremberg style yeah. trials. Um, what else we got? Let's see if we go back. So, U.S. could default soon after December 15th, Yellen warns. Uh, I think they're talking about economically. So, the Treasury Secretary, yeah, it's Treasury, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen um, told Congress on Tuesday that the Treasury Department could potentially be unable to meet the government's financial obligations around December 15th. So what are they going to do, brother? Are they going to extend it again? Or are they just going to go ahead and put a big, fat, trillion-dollar bill through to fund the government with all the oink, oink, oink in yeah, the middle yeah. of it? Yeah, I'll extend it for a week. They'll do a, a quick uh, one-week resolution before they go back and try to extend it again. We've been through this. Quite a few times in my ten plus years of yeah. service with the, uh, you know, being a, a civilian employee with the government. <laughs> what you want? To, you want to let the folks in? Because I, I used to run an optar uh, in uh, when I was in the navy. I ran a, the uh, budget for a division on the uh-huh. ship. I had to coordinate with the supply department on doing that. Um, and there's a little secret about the government. Uh, when it comes to the end of the year, brother, financially, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. you're talking about budget? Yeah. <laughs> Budgeting? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's not like a normal life where you go, oh, I saved this much money at the end of the year. I can roll that <laughs> over to the next year. Right. No, that's not how it no. works with the government. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. They come to you and they say what, brother? Uh, make sure you spend all that money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of it. But, all of it. But we have, nope, we need more. Go spend it. <laughs> right. Use it and up. And that's exactly why they do it, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Because if we don't spend it, we'll lose it in the next round of uh, Dibbity Alties, yeah. right? And, and, out and the money. you're right. right. You you will lose it, but at the same time, you won't get the increase either. <laughs> right, right. So they spend it all. And they say, oh, we didn't have enough. We need more. Exactly. That's how, the, that's how it works. So yep. <laughs> that's so funny. Doesn't matter what branch or agency you work for, it's all the same. <laughs> uh, well, you hear a little bit of uh militant wokeism. Ooh. Well, here's we gotta a, here's, t- let's touch here's a quote. That. Why not? Here's a quote for you. A black militant threatens anti-CRT parents at Texas school board meeting. He says, quote, I got over a thousand soldiers ready to go, locked and loaded. Wow. That's uh now, really those are fighting words. <laughs> you, don't you think? <laughs> I would have stood up and looked at him and said, bring it on. Yeah, yeah. You and what army? <laughs> yeah. You got an army, we got an army. Exactly. You want to fight? We'll use guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. We'll protect our families. Yeah, I did. It's a stupid statement, but you know what? Does he get slammed on the mainstream media for it? He better. He doesn't. <laughs> of course not. Of course, of course not. not. He, he gets a pass, right? Of We're living in CRT is. world. Oh, yeah. CRT gives him a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and they don't realize when they do stuff like this and they're exposed. Well, he just he walks into the middle of the board meeting and says it. Um, all they're doing is making it worse for them. Mm-hmm. Even more people are going to come out and say, "What? Oh no, uh, uh-uh. I'm against the RT too." Right. It has the opposite effect. They think he thinks he can walk in and intimidate these folks. I don't think he understands. The people that show up at these meetings uh-huh. ready for bear, ready, right. ready to hunt bear, right? Right. right. Uh, I don't think he understands. Uh, I think he, you know, and the government does the same thing. They're stirring up a sleeping giant yeah. that's going to rise up and it gets bigger. All that giant is it's feeding, it's corn fed, okay? Mm-hmm. And that giant's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually that giant's going to swallow up the whole system. Oh, yeah. I mean, that giant's starting to bite back, brother. Biting back. Starting exactly. to bite back. Look at it. We started in Virginia. Started biting back, you know? Yeah. So. And what, this guy wants to start a civil war with, what, a thousand soldiers? Yeah. We got, we got, we got millions of armed citizens ready to go to take care oh, of yeah. your rear. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? Right. I mean, that was a dumb statement. Yeah. All he did, he, you know, like they said, they think they can use that and intimidate people. It ain't working anymore. 
people people are fed up with that. They're not going to be intimidated. Right. And it's, it's yeah, you're right. And it's time, you know, people are really going to go, you know what? Enough is enough. That's it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anything on the religious uh, news folk, uh, their brothers. Well, yeah. And we can even use this as our, you know, our closing, I guess. Uh, but uh, what I'll do, I'll start with this quote. And I kind of going to ask you who said this or what group of people said this or uh, what individual said this. And it says, I didn't sign up for this. Who do you think, Brain, would say uh, I'll made a statement like that? It's in the religious front. In the religious realm. Mm-hmm. I guess it's somebody in the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, let me give you a little help there. Uh, it has to do with precision. With or, what? With uh, being in a precision. A role. Oh, so, is it the president of the Southern Baptist? Uh, no, convention? not quite. Think church. A church? Think church in general. I oh, didn't sign up for this. It's not Piper, is it? No. Think a not group of people. Not so much group. an individual, but a group of people. A group of individuals. Oh, okay. And I still don't have an answer. I don't know. Let's see what you wrote down. Oh, and he has nothing. That would be pastor saying that. I didn't sign up for this. Oh, just pastors in general. Pastors in general. That's, oh, why, that's why I said a group of people. <laughs> well, I, started thinking I should have said a group of men, group. right? <laughs> right, yeah. I started uh, thinking, what, what organization? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, you're right, right. Uh, so it says here, uh, 38% of pastors seriously considering quitting, Barna says. Uh, so this starts saying an increasing percentage of Protestant senior pastors say they are seriously considering leaving the full-time ministry, according to a new Barna Group survey that found a large percentage of mainline and non-mainline pastors alike contemplating a different career path. The survey released Tuesday found that more than one-third 38% of senior pastors say they are seriously considering living the ministry, a significant significant increase from the 29% of senior pastors who answered that way in January. So let's see here. I got a little bit more because then I found another part of the article uh, that was written by Kate Shellnut. Uh, and it says here, sitting around campfire beside Lake Tawakoni in northeast Texas, Pastor Nick Burleson has heard pastor after pastor confess their greatest challenges. Depression, church conflict, metal, met, uh, marital strife, and increasingly doubt over whether they should continue in their role. Uh, We have multiple pastors at every retreat that are contemplating leaving ministry, said Burleson, 
who organizes a three-day getaways sponsored by the congreg by his congregation, Timber Ridge Church in Stephensville and Vista Church in Heartland. In a lot of ways, they feel stuck, which just which just adds on to the pressure and the burnout. Pastoral burnout has worsened during the pandemic. A Barnard Group survey released today found that 38% of pastors are seriously considering leaving full-time ministry, up from 29% in January. The change that has been accelerating in the last 18 months has left a lot of pastors with their heads spinning and their hearts spinning as well, said Joe Jensen, Barna's vice president of church engagement. All the chaos, all the pressure, the magnifying glass of social media, the pandemic, the politics, the hyper, the hyper digital context, it makes sense that you have a lot of pastors saying, is this really what I signed up for? Is this what I was called into? The greatest number of pastors rethinking their profession correlates with rising stress and worse mental health in general. Back in 2016, 85% of pastors rated their mental well-being as good or excellent, according to a previous Barna poll. In the October 2021 poll, it was down to 60%. Brother, that is in four or five years, that's a that's a a twenty percent decrease. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and yes, the pressures right now living in 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 the in in a world where everything that was mentioned in this article is true, and especially for pastors, brother. It, right. does, does this surprise you at all? Uh, no. the, you know, there's a Barnard uh, study done, report done. I mean, from January till what is it, October, November, we're in now. Uh, an increase of almost 11%, you know, uh, of pastors? Well, you know, but that's why Paul told Timothy mm -hmm. to take a little wine for his stomach. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, Timothy was facing that stuff too in the first century, right? Yeah, right. And uh, Paul... You read First and Second Timothy. Paul was exhorting Timothy to uh, to keep going, mm -hmm. even in the midst of all that hardship. Yeah, that's exactly what they signed up for. If they didn't know that's what they signed up for, they didn't understand the ministry in the first place. Mm. First of all, it's not a profession. Say it's say that a, say that phrase again, brother. It's not a profession. It's not a career. Uh huh. It's a calling from God. So they did sign up for this. Yeah, they did sign up for it. Yeah, exactly. It's that <laughs> more. Yeah, yeah. They, they got a church full of sinners, uh -huh. although some redeemed. Yeah. Right? Right. Hopefully most redeemed, but they're still sinners. They still have the flesh, right? Uh -huh. Right. I mean, you, you, yeah, it's a mess. You're, you're, you're signing up. To go into an uncontrolled mess mm -hmm. and try to clean it up. Yeah. That's exactly what I signed up for. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, here, and here's a, here's a Paul to Timothy. He says, therefore, I exhort first. And this is a, the modern English version. Okay. Which is based on a Texas Receptus. Uh, therefore, I exhort, first of all, 
that you make supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving for everyone, for kings and for all who are in authority and so forth, uh, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who deserves who desires all men to be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. Well, I won't get into that discussion, what that means. Uh, and But he goes on, he says, uh, let's see, I'm looking at 1 Timothy. Mm-hmm. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the office of an overseer or pastor, right? Right. He desires a good work. An overseer, then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, sober. Mm. That means not that that doesn't just mean not being drunk. Mm-hmm. That means being sober-minded. Yes. That means going into into this ministry with a full, with your eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of these, a lot of these young folks go into ministry, and they do it. Um, with a, um, a very, um, I can't think of the word, uh, where uh, they're very idealistic. That's what I'm looking for. Mm. They have a very idealistic view of the ministry, right? Yeah, right. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. We're all going <laughs> to have, we're going to sing Kumbaya and everybody's good. Oh, it's just going to be a wonderful thing. No, it's not. <laughs> you walk in. <laughs> You walk, you're walking into a battle. You really don't know what you're getting yourself into, right? <laughs> no, you don't. You're walking into a battlefield when you walk into ministry. And he says, be self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent. Uh, why does he say not violent? Oh, I'm a Christian. Mm. I'd never be violent. Really? You start dealing with some of those situations and to see how close you come to violence. <laughs> you want to read right. some people's necks for the yep. stuff they're doing. Yep. Uh, not greedy for money. Oh, 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 did I say that, brother? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Don't tell you Tony. Get yourself in trouble, that. you know. <laughs> Don't tell uh, Tony Evans I said that, okay? Uh, <laughs> or any, any of his buddies. Um, be patient. Uh, don't be argumentative. Uh, don't covet, right? Mm-hmm. And one who manages his own house well, having his children in submission and all reverence. For if a man does not know how to manage his own house, he will take care, uh, he, how will he take care of the church of God? So it begins in the home. You know, you have mm-hmm. conflicts in the home, right? right? Kids are fighting each other. Kids are yep. defying mom. You got you to, you know, tell them, I'm going to suck your mouth. <laughs> you say that again, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take them into the private room and have a private conversation with a little mm-hmm. bit of pain involved uh, on the posterior to padded area of the body where God designed for that to be done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so if, if you're doing that in the home, what do you think you're going to be doing in church? Mm-hmm. If he's comparing that to the home, uh, you're going to take that and times it by a hundred percent. It's going to be even worse. For if a man does not know how to manage his own house, he will not, he will, how will he take care of the church of God? Um, he must not be newly converted, not mm. a novice, right? Right. 
so that he does not become prideful and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good reputation among those who are outsiders so that he does not fall into reproach and mm. the snare of the devil. Uh, so let me um, let me go to Second Timothy now, and uh, let's go into a little bit of that. Because Timothy is really the book for what your, what your question was or what you presented yeah. in the article. Um, we find that what I'm looking for, uh, but it, but here's verse ten of chapter one. But if you, but you have observed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, love, faith, tolerance, love, patience, persecutions, and afflictions. Mm. Paul says, which came to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Iconium, excuse me, and Lystra. Uh, what persecutions I endured. Mm. Uh, you think you're going to ministry and everything's just going to be hunky-dory? <laughs> nope. But the Lord delivered me out of them all. Yes, and all who desire to live godly, a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Yeah. But evil men and seducers will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continuing, but continue in the things that you're, that you have learned and have been assured of, knowing those from whom you have learned them, and that since childhood you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through the faith that is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped. For every good work. Mm. So the answer to all of that turmoil that they were dealing with was uh, is the word of God. Amen. Dig your head into the word, right? Let me jump down here. He says, improved, it talks about improved work, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, let me go down here. Uh, let's see what we got. Um, just some of the instructions of Timothy that's helpful. So you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Share the things that you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses with faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Endure hard times as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Mm. He's talking about the ministry. Yeah. He's talking about Timothy being a pastor of a church. He says, endure hard times. As a, good, yeah. as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Don't go into this stuff naive. Right. Understand what you're walking into. No, nobody joins the military thinking, well, I didn't sign up for this when the bullets start flying. Or if they do, <laughs> they were naive when they signed up. Right. Uh, no soldier, and he says this, he's no soldier on active duty entangles himself with civilian affairs that he may please enlisting officers. Anyone who competes as an athlete is not rewarded without competing legally. The farmer who labors should be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I'm saying. And may the Lord grant you understanding in all things. Remember, Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David, according to my gospel, in which I suffer trouble like a criminal, even with, the chain, with chains. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect 
that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you can hear that's encouraging words for someone who's in the thick of it, middle of it. So did they go, did they consult the word? Did they go into prayer? You know, did they seek the Lord in prayer? If you're not doing that, yeah, you get out of ministry. Yeah, right. You know, because you, you, you're you're just a sitting duck. You're target. Mm-hmm. You know, they're taking the the this evil spiritual forces are taking target practice on. Mm, they're running yeah. circles around you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And, and do yeah, you we see? Were, and we've spoken about this before, where we we've we've said the importance of uh, you know, especially when these churches have that you know, senior past mentality where it's that, that guy at the head of, you know, the, of their local, you know, uh, church there. And for us, the, the, the mentality or the understanding of having an elder board. So when there is pastoral burnout, he could take a sabbatical, step aside for the moment, get rested, you know, regain some encouragement, energy, take care of the family. And have some of these elders step up and step in and like he never, you know, like he was never missing, you know, in our teaching. Right. Right. Yes. I think that's probably why we are seeing more burnout from, you know, like it said here, because what caught me, my attention was the senior pastor. A lot of the senior pastors was like, that's one of the issues. It's just that one guy, the senior pastor. And it's like, if he's gone, the whole church is going to fall apart when it's like, no. That's why we need elders. We need brothers that are apt to be able to teach and, and, and you know, expound on the God's word and, and be able to lead as well, uh, uh, because it is important for the body, right? Right. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's too much for one man to take on by himself. Sure. Right. He needs peer support. Amen. And that's why we, we you and I, believe in multiple pastors of equal authority mm-hmm. in the church, otherwise known as elders and so forth. Right. Um, and we go to churches that believe that mm-hmm. because there is burnout and there is, I mean, it can be overwhelming, but don't come whining and saying, I didn't sign up for this. Well, yeah, you did <laughs> realize right. that's what you signed up for, you know? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that's what you need. <laughs> you need to. Uh, I, I wonder how much of this is a product of this particular generation, though. I, well, yeah, that's a very good yeah. question. And yeah, everybody gets. A I'm going to say a high percentage of it, brother. Just to kind of, you know, a high okay, percentage thinking, of it. Thank you, brother. I'm sorry, we were both talking at the same time. Oh, sorry about that. I was going to say it's probably more than likely a high percentage of uh, the individuals that uh, were surveyed or took that uh, survey that yeah, are from this newer generation, the newer mentality as to right. pastoral duties and pastoral uh, uh, roles, right? Well, yeah. And the mentality of, uh, you know, I'm special. I got to participate patient trophy every time I went out to do anything, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, all I've had is positive, positive affirmations all my life. I've no, nobody's ever looked at me and said, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> or, right. you know, you need to change this attitude, right. uh, you know, because I, I've been highly offended by that. And that I would have been broken down and had a nervous breakdown right then. Right. I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right, people right. don't know how to take 
they don't know how to take constructive criticism anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they get into the ministry and they go right in the middle of the fray, the spiritual battle, and they get pummeled mm-hmm. and beat yep. up, you know, and uh, they don't know how to handle it. And, so you know, and like I say, it is overwhelming. I mean, it, but this is a this is a problem that has persisted since Timothy on up. Right. Yeah. First right. century on up. For, it's not for, the new. Right. It's not the right. new. Right. But there is a mentality, different, a little bit different mentality today of, you know, well, I, you know, I didn't deserve that, you know. Right. Right. Or, you know, or this, uh, you know, uh, this kind of a pampered mentality. Right. Sure. sure. And I, I, I'm not saying that's true of all of these pastors. I mean, I'm sure there's a mixture. Uh-huh. But. But some of them, I mean, if you're coming out and saying, I didn't sign up for this, that kind of shows a pampered mentality. Right. You know, <laughs> if you say it that way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. But, so I'd say, you know what? Okay, then get out of the ministry, go into the real world, do a real, do a secular job for a while, you know, get knocked uh-huh. around a little bit, right. learn some things in life, and then maybe in the you know, some years down the road, you'll be ready to go back into the ministry because you have a little bit more realistic view of things. Sure. And you'll right. have some life experience, a little bit more wisdom, and you'll be better prepared to go into the ministry. <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Nope. Good stuff, my brother. Well, that's pretty yeah. much what I have, brother. I think uh, that's a good spot to end. And um, i good. Although we, you know, disagree to some degree, well, a big degree on this article or what's going on, we understand, we understand the pressures, we we, we are seeing it, but we want to encourage, you know, especially pastors out there, man, stay encouraged, you know, congregation, anybody that, you know, is attending a church or a body where, uh, you know, the you can see the burnout in the pastor, hey, go up to the pastor and, and encourage them and tell them, that you want to see him there next week preaching God's word and expounding upon it. And uh, man, it's, it's, a, you know, I, and I say that because, you know, our pastors, you know, brother, we, we attended a, attend a church. Uh, um, you attended a church as well with, uh, with me where our pastors were of that nature where they're like, Hey, I need you guys. We need you guys to, to encourage us and let us know when we're uh, have shortcomings right. and, and bring right. questions and, uh, so that's a blessing because mm-hmm. you know, they're open for us to go and, and give them encouragement. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, pastors are above encouragement. No, they're not. They need it just as much as we need oh, it. Oh, no. no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had plenty of conversations with the pastors of your church now, I, my former church. Absolutely. Uh, I've right. been in plenty of, plenty of meetings and plenty, of, and uh, I've seen the roller coaster ride they've gone through. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ups and the downs, and um, and uh, been there in the in the ups, and been there in the downs, and um, yeah, they're human, just like yeah. everybody, and they need the same encouragement that everybody else does. They sometimes they need a pick them up, right? right. Because uh, they're they're really uh, they're going through it, mm-hmm. and you know our pastors, you know at the church at the church you're still attending. Um, they they've been through the fire, you know. They have, you know what I'm saying, but they keep on ticking. 
Yeah, right. You right. know, and uh, and uh, you can see the maturity, the growing through it. God puts us in adversity to, to cause us to grow spiritually. As one person used to put it, you got to do your spiritual push-ups. Yeah, right. You know, to get stronger. <laughs> right. So, the stuff, brother. Yep. All right, brother. I, uh, I mean, for me, that is it. I have nothing else to add. Uh, you, you said a lot of uh, great, encouraging words, and thank you for bringing up uh, scripture. You know, and uh, uh, reading in regards to what Paul instructed Timothy and what Timothy relayed to, you know, the body where he was pastoring at. But um, anything else in closing? If not, you can close us out, my brother. I think we're good to go. And, uh, we'll make sure we come back next week, folks. So, Absolutely. We'll be here. Um, all right. And keep studying. Keep keep doing your research because we can't cover it all. And I'm going to, before we close, I'm going to recommend, and we know, that's your channel. I'm going to recommend On the Fringe, that's your channel. I'm going to recommend X22 Report. Uh, Mel K is good. Um, the uh, Peter, can't think of his name. I'll come back to that one next time. Um Anyway, uh, there's some good shows out there. There's some good channels out there that you need to check out. R.C. Sproul's always good. John MacArthur's always mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. um, good financial stuff like Dave Ramsey. He's really good. Um, so, you know, learn from these folks. that Some of them putting out really good news. I'm going to recommend um, Poplar's Pressed. I'm going to recommend the Health Impact News, um, Technocracy News. Just the news. Um, mm -hmm. Steve Bannon puts out really good news. Um, I'm going to recommend. What's the other one? Um, Gateway Pundit. Um, and there's and some other ones that I haven't even mentioned. But uh, those type of news set, settings, programs that have proven themselves over a period of time. Um, NT, NTD News is good. Epoch Times is good. There's your sources for information. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would get away from the propaganda media. Go to those sources of information. We're not the only game in town, as you folks know. Matter of fact, we're probably just one of the people walking down the street in town. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there are more prominent people out there. But That's right. um, But we're not in competition with any of them. If they're if they're doing the right thing, saying the right thing, we're supporting them. And uh, so, with that in mind, keep praying, keep studying, and uh, don't forget to uh, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. And we'll see you see you next podcast. We'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, we wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God and uh, in return they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So 
we want to especially thank them. Uh, also, we want to just thank uh, our church, uh, our friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. Uh, we want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have them in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Uh, we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you.